May the words that flow from our mouths this morning be inspired by the Holy Spirit. As we speak, might we understand more fully about the peace of God which passes all understanding. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's my privilege uh, this morning to be joined in our chapel for uh, this latest episode of Chapel Chat, which I think is episode number four. Um, uh, the Dr. Graham Leo. Now, um, I, I think we should explain, what is um, your doctorate in? Uh, well, it's, it's a doctor of ministry, and I did um, a, a thesis on the topic of faith and work. So why, why do we work as human beings, and does the work that you do in your daily life, whether it's paid or unpaid, voluntary, housework, gardening, pulling weeds, is that part of your ministry in God's service? And the answer, of course, is yes, but I build a theology around that. Yeah, and I, I believe he's just released a book, so if you're looking for a Christmas present uh, to buy or receive for yourself, I, I think it's reasonably priced, and I've already ordered mine. So That's good. Only one? Only one at the uh, moment. Um, <laughs> fair enough. Um, we, we, we did uh, joke earlier uh, this morning um, in our first session that we've had uh, clergy uh, in the chapel uh, before, so uh, two clergy talking together is very dangerous, but um, Graham is a teacher by trade, so um, we have the preacher and the teacher, uh, which I think is a good name for a podcast. Um, maybe I might trademark that as soon as I get home. Uh, well, the probably, first line of a joke. Uh, I think it's yes, yes. But So we are a little bit worried about how long this could go, uh, but we'll do our best to stay to time. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about peace. Uh, and peace is a concept that I think that the world looks at um, in a particular type of way. And uh, we're certainly rushing around at the moment. But, uh, Graham, I'm sure um, with the extra couple of years that you've had on this planet uh, than I have, you might have seen uh, a sort of way that, that the world generally looks at the idea of peace. Yeah, thanks, Stuart, and good morning, everybody. I, I think the world probably thinks about peace in the first instance it, it, a little bit like perhaps the cessation of hostilities. You know, it's the end of war. You remember those those lovely images that we have of the end of World War II with people dancing in the streets and that, that one chap dressed up in a suit and he's doing twirls and um, that sense of victory at last, the cessation of hostilities, that, that I think is an, over, uh, an abiding understanding of peace in the world. But probably a, a second level is that we live in a psychological age. You know, everybody... Um, feels these days, if you ask somebody what they think about something, they're more likely to say an answer, yeah, I, I guess I kind of feel that um, it seems to me that in this age of social media, people tend to feel rather than think. And so we, I suspect out there in the general world, people um, uh, want to find peace somehow as an inner thing. You know, you do a few yoga meditations or you go for a walk or you admire the sunset. And I think that the biblical sense of peace is a good deal more than just that. We're going to get to that in a little while, but I think one of the things that um, I, I'm interested in um, as somebody who is not necessarily what they call a contemplative personality. I, I like to be busy and active and occupied and, and and what you describe, Graham, 
isn't the type of peace that I find enjoyable, sort of sitting in a quiet room without anybody uh, talking to me. I can last for about 10 minutes, but then I start to go a little bit stir-crazy. Um, when you are running um, schools of substantial size and note, I'm sure you equally had a crazy busy life running from one thing to the next. But what were some of the things that you did uh, in your week or your day that helped you to find a space of peace or, or an idea of peace in your life? Yeah, I think it was Pascal who said that the trouble with modern man, and of course he was a good deal before now, the trouble with modern man, said Pascal, is that he can't sit alone in his bedroom for an hour at a time. And that's worth thinking about, as is most of <laughs> Pascal. But to answer your question, um, I, I think I found peace in a time of extreme busyness, first of all, in the sanctity of my home. I... I relied heavily on coming home to my wife, knowing that there was a place of genuine support, comfort, strength, a place to be, a place to stand. Um, and the second part for me is that I'm, I'm an early morning person. I, I love to get up early, make myself a strong cup of tea, two tea bags, and uh, sit and read. And, and since, uh, probably since I was 20, I've, I've done that. I... If I can't get an hour in, I feel like I haven't been prepared for the day. It's not uncommon to spend two or three hours for me just reading. I'll read scripture, I'll read books, I'll, I'll just meditate. That's, that's my time of just locating myself in, in the world and then I can go out and face the world. One of the things that Graham and I have in common is, is a love for language. Um, and Graham is an author of not just normal books about his thesis, but poetry. Um, and I like to write songs, um, which started from writing bad teenage poetry, uh, then emerged into songs. Um, uh, but one of the things that I know we both like is looking at ancient language and how it emerges. And I think one of the little glimpses um, of, of hope I've seen this year, uh, as somebody who studied Latin in high school for three years, um, I think I was a, a, about one of the last season of students to study Latin. Um, society as a whole have learnt uh, two new Latin words this year uh, in the expression annus horribilis. Um, uh, it's been a horrible year, which is what it actually means. Um, and for Graham, I know that this has been a more challenging year than, than many of us would have experienced. Uh, when... I asked Graham to, uh, to speak, knowing that it was only a few months ago that he lost uh, his precious wife, Mika, um, that I said, well, we've got four themes for, for Advent, hope, peace, joy, and love. Have a think and a pray and pick one of them. He came back and he said, peace. I'll pick peace. Can you explain to us why that that theme today really resonated with you, particularly in the year that you've experienced? Yeah. Uh, I thought that I might have something to say about peace, Stu. Um, after Mika died, of course, I was utterly bereft and, and still am to this day and, and struggled deeply with it. Um, but early on, I... I was talking to God about it and, and I asked him, I said, look, I, I really need to find a place to stand because as I said earlier, um, 
one of my strengths, one of my strongholds was to come home and, and just be with Mika. We would spend hours every day just sitting down, having a coffee together and talking. Um, we didn't go out all that much. We were happy to sit and talk to each other. She was my best friend and I hers. So I, I needed a new place to find that place of strength. So I was reading scripture one morning and came across a, a verse, a story that I knew well and I've read many times uh, in Exodus 33:14, where God says to Moses in reference to the people of Israel going on up to the land and he says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And that verse leapt out at me off the page. I, I wrote it up on the chalkboard in my kitchen and um, I've, I've read it daily for a long time now. And I started to think about how that rest related to peace. Rest and peace are not the same thing. Um, peace, uh, in biblical terms, shalom, uh, I... I had a little practice with, with Mika um, when she went to bed at night and she often went to bed, especially in the last year before I did, and I would say the ironic blessing over her. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And as I got to that last line, I'd make the sign of the cross on her forehead. And as I started to say that prayer over her every night, she'd... she'd uh, look up at me and smile and she'd say oh this is the best part of the day and that was a really special moment for us as as we learned to enter into that peace of we knew that she was dying and we knew that you know there was a limited amount of time left but um, we understood that peace but when she went I had to find rest a place to stand and I thought and thought about that. I'm, I'm not much of a Hebrew scholar. I'm not at all a Hebrew scholar, but I know how to look up dictionaries. And um, I thought I need to find out about this. So I went back to that verse, Exodus 33, 14, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. And I looked up the word rest. I was wondering whether it might have said, in fact, shalom, but it didn't. It said a word with which I was not familiar, the word nuach, N-U-A-C-H. And so I started to do a little track through that and research it through scripture and see where else it's used to discover, I didn't know any of this just a couple of months ago, that it's a very common word in scripture and it, and it refers to this sense of um, uh, to rest after a long period of labour or tumult or strife, to find a place to settle down, um, to, to be stable and without impact from whatever external difficulties might be out there. Uh, and so I started to read it in, in its different settings. Uh, Joshua is told by God that uh, the Lord will give him rest from his enemies. Um, it's there in the, in the Sixth Commandment. Six days you, you will uh, labour and, and, um, uh, and on the seventh you will rest. Uh, because that's when God rested from creation. It's in the book of Ruth where where um, Naomi says to her daughters-in-law, now you go away, I pray that God will give you rest in a home with a husband. Um, so it, it keeps turning up through scripture. It turns up many times in the Psalms. 
And as I was reading these, my mind kept coming back to a story that has often fascinated me. I've thought about it many, many times over the years, and it's the story of, of the flood in Genesis, where in that story, uh, Noah has been in the, in the boat um, with God's judgment all around. Life's been pretty tough, and, and um, after about a year of living in the midst of all of this turmoil... Noah, who at about this moment in my search I suddenly realised his name is the very word that we're talking about, Noah, rest, um, Noah releases a bird from the ark to see whether there's land out there. And so he opens a window and, an ol- and a, a, a dove is released. And the dove flies across the, land, the, the water rather and swoops around and does whatever doves do when they're released from a boat and couldn't find anywhere to rest. And you, as I read that little passage in Genesis 8 verse 9, um, it found nowhere to settle its feet, nowhere to set its feet, nowhere to perch. And so, and that's that word rest, nuach, nowhere to find stability. And so it came back to the ark and Noah stretched out his arm, I guess, doesn't say that but I imagine and the bird came to rest on his arm and he drew it inside the boat and then a little while later he does the same thing he lets the dove go and the dove flies out and um, and then a little while later it comes back still nowhere to stay but this time it has an olive leaf in its beak just a promise of something to come and it comes back and it and it rests on the arm of Noah and he draws it back into the ark. And that, that image was really powerful for me in the moment where I was searching for a place to stand, a place to settle down, a place to be able to begin to find peace. There was still tumult all around, but I could find rest, this nuach, on the arm of the one who was in the house of peace. Um, and that 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 started my personal journey towards being able to find a place to stand and to be to find peace as uh, graham was sharing that with me uh, the other day um, and as i took that conversation home with me it it just dawned on me um, when he was talking about the dove um, that the dove is also a symbol that we associate with the holy spirit And one of the real privileges of my ministry is to journey alongside people uh, through their joys and their sufferings. Um, And and I do really uh, find it an immense privilege to have journeyed with Graham and Mika, uh, particularly in the last 12 months. Um, Certainly it's been great having them as part of our church uh, for about six six years already now. But but in the last 12 months, I've been able to, to witness the work of the Holy Spirit and a sense of profound peace in Mika that was undeniable. Now, sitting uh, with her in in the last few weeks in the hospital, there was no doubt she was suffering immense pain and she was going in and out of, of consciousness. There was no doubt that she was struggling But the prayer that Graham had prayed over her, the presence of the Holy Spirit in and through her, 
was undeniable. And for me, the reason that peace is so different for us as followers of Jesus is that it doesn't take us away from the suffering. It doesn't just relieve all the tension all at once and everything goes back to normal. The work of the Holy Spirit in bringing peace gives us the place to stand in the midst of the tumult that Graham's described. And for many of us, this has been a tumultuous year and it doesn't look like it's quite finished yet. But if we were to ask you, Graham, to reflect on this year, and I think I used the wrong word when I described what had happened to you. You haven't lost Mika at all, have you? Um, no. And uh, well, I have, but she's still there. Absolutely. And she's, so we what, still talk. What What would you encourage us in in this pursuit of a different type of peace? Well, perhaps if we went back to where we started, that peace is the cessation of hostilities, and. That's what the coming of Christ at Christmas was all about. Um, it, it was to restore peace between God and humankind, to, to settle the score. Um, and Jesus was coming to the world. That's what Advent's about, isn't it? There's your Latin, Advent, to come to. Uh, Jesus was coming to the world in order to restore the balance, to get, to get the thing right, to set everything to rights, as Tom Wright likes to say. And um, in, in this process of living in our world, because we're still, we're still not there yet, we're in the time between times, we're in the now but not yet, I understand that Mika is in her new now and I'm still in this world and, and there's a gulf between us but, um, it, it, and I have to live here. But rest... Rest is the place that God gives us to be restored in. It, it's a place that's firm enough to do for now while we're waiting for that which is yet to come. We have peace between God and us, um, but we may not be living in times of peace. We could live in a time of COVID, of threats by China or other countries, of, of threats of difficulties within our own families... Families are torn apart in many ways. We can have death and sickness, all sorts of things. But here's the thing. Jesus is the king of peace and he has come. It's not that he is coming in the future. The angels announced 2,000 years ago that he's here now. The new king is on the block. The old king has been dethroned. So the king of peace is reigning now, whether we like it or not. So we can talk as we do about finding peace, but peace is here. Joy is here. Love is here. Uh, what we need is a place to stand sufficiently so that we can grasp those, that we can see them, appreciate them. Uh, we don't have to make peace. The king of peace is with us. He's come. That's what Christmas is all about. So let us pray. King of love, Prince of peace.
We claim that presence now. Help us to be aware of your work in and through us. Give us that place on which we can stand, that place of assurance, that place of rest. May we be peace builders as your church, in Jesus' name. Amen.